You are tuned in to the Jackson Hole Connection, sharing fascinating stories of people connected to Jackson Hole. I am truly grateful for each of you for tuning in today. And support for this podcast comes from Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling, bringing the Jackson Hole community residential and commercial food waste composting options. Call 307-733-7678 for more information. I enjoy reading and learning so I can share information with you all. And the quote that I recently read comes from a really famous author. A little nonsense now and then is cherished by the wisest men. That's from Roald Dahl. If you haven't read a book from Roald Dahl lately, pick one up. Maybe the BFG and learn what a belly popper is or some frog scottle. And folks, you are listening to episode number 217. You found this episode because you're a regular listener or somebody has shared it with you. Get out and share the Jackson Hole connection with your friends, families, everybody that you know so they can enjoy this fun and family entertainment. My guest today on episode 217 is Lee Reagan Smith. Lee is teaching people about the power of creativity. As a mom, a business owner, and someone who has worked in the film industry, Lee herself has activities which allow creativity to flourish within her. And that shows even the teacher should be the student with whatever the teacher's teaching. We as people have grown to fear many different things in our lives and allowing ourselves to cultivate creativity can help us feel comfortable in creating and find the joy from creating. We encourage children to be creative. That's why we have them enrolled in all types of things. Give them dolls and Legos and say go play out in the yard. And as adults, we should encourage ourselves and each other be creative as well. Lee, thank you for joining me here today at the Jackson Hole Connection. It's delightful to be able to spend some time with you and hear your story and how you're connected here at Jackson Hole. Thanks so much for having me, Stefan. I appreciate it. You are very welcome. Lee, let's start off this episode as we do all episodes with sharing Where's your background? Where did you grow up and where were you raised and how did you end up here in Jackson Hole, Wyoming? I grew up in Pennsylvania and then after school, I went to University of Delaware and then, well, to backtrack, I grew up on a horse farm and I have two sisters and we were kind of just wild rug rats running around doing barn chores. That was my life growing up. And then I went to University of Delaware, and then I went back to school at School of Visual Arts for film and photography in New York City. And I lived in New York City for about six years. After I graduated from school, I worked at a post-production house as an assistant editor where we edited toy commercials for like Hasbro and Mattel. And it was the storm the snowstorm that hit New York City and the East Coast in 1996. And I remember vividly waking up one morning and going outside and the subways all shut down. The city was completely quiet. No one was on the streets. 
And I was walking down Sixth Avenue, which was one of the busiest streets in Manhattan. And I was going to work and there was a lone cross-country skiing up Sixth Avenue. And I still to this day wish I had my camera. I wasn't carrying it. I I got in the habit of carrying it a lot, but in that moment I wasn't carrying it because it was the most beautiful image of this skier with nothing else around uh, other than the skyscrapers, obviously, but no other people, no cars, just cross-country skiing up Sixth Avenue. And in that moment, that imprinted on my mind I was like all right I'm gonna move and I'm gonna live where I can do that every single day and then <laughs> and that's my way out long story short I made my way out to Jackson well you can't do it every day but you can do a lot of days right right I just wanted <laughs> to live somewhere where I had access to that and then as so many other people I came out here thinking oh I'll just come out here for a year or two I mean it's such a typical story I came out here in 97 with a girlfriend of mine. I taught skiing for a little while and I thought, oh, I'll get back to New York City or Los Angeles for film eventually. And I tried moving to Los Angeles and I was like, why, you know, Jackson is my home. And when I first came into this valley, I had that immediate feeling of being at home, which I have never experienced anywhere else except for where I grew up in Pennsylvania. And so I thought, oh, this this is my home. That's beautiful. I'm I'm very curious to know when you say a horse farm, were your parents breeding horses? And if so, what type of horses? They were breeding thoroughbreds for a long time. Yeah. That is wild. Yeah. And I would have to get on these really green thoroughbreds growing up as a kid. So it kind of scared. It was a little scary, but it taught me how to ride. But I we're, I was down on the ground a lot. Well, it's a green horse, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How how nice of your parents to say, we'll just put the kids on this to get I, them used to people. You know what? They My mom had a different mindset with horses because they wanted just to keep us safe. And, and my mom worried a lot. But for some reason on a horse, she was like, just get on there. <laughs> getting up on the horse do you think that served you well throughout your life just get up on the horse you're gonna fall down and you get you just gotta get up back up you know what i i guess you're right because i at the time i didn't see it that way because riding horses and having it be scary when i was younger kind of blocked me from riding for a while i had to get back into it later in life but my family is a family of survivors and people who persevere and I have failed so many times in my life over projects or different things personally professionally I can't tell you how many times and yes I definitely have that mindset you brush yourself off you get back up and the analogy of falling off a horse is definitely how my sisters and I live our lives for sure that's that's inspiring do you want to share how you say that your family has certainly overcome challenging times and has learned how to persevere? Well, probably the biggest challenge we all faced was when my father started declining into dementia. Mm. It was a 10-year decline, and it was devastating for all of us. And the challenges that went along with that 
I mean, gosh, I have just so many stories and so many families and people deal with that. And it's heartbreaking. You're mourning a family member while they're alive. And it's often my dad was so strong willed and so stubborn. So we have all these stories of him insisting on still going camping or like going somewhere and then being stuck out and no one knew where he was. And then the police getting involved and just story after story after story. And so that that was something that we all had to learn how to adjust when losing such a pivotal family member. And then the I, sadness from that. It, it is. I've I, My brother, sister, and I have been through that, certainly with our mom. And so I, I certainly know what you are talking about. And it is, fortunately, you have each other to to make it through those times and understand in the end they're in a better place. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and the stress of going through it, as you know, is just just dealing with the stress is it's a monumental task in in of itself. Certainly. Certainly. So, Lee, transitioning to some other things that you had mentioned earlier, you said that you were in New York City working on children's toy commercials. Yeah. Like Batman, I Star Wars. There was these action figures. I can't even remember. They look like troll-like. The toy fair every year in New York City was really huge. And so then the art directors and producers would go to the toy fair and see, you know, at the advertising agencies would come to us. They would shoot it. And then where I work, Tapestry Productions, we would edit them. Uh, okay. All right. And this uh, was back, and this was back when they were still shooting on film. Uh-huh. You would have to go film to tape, or I'm sorry, you would then go film to tape. And there were these big tape cassettes called D2s. And they were, at the time, I don't know if you remember these huge, enormous tapes, cassettes. The bigger the tape was, the the better the resolution and the quality. And so we would transfer the film to these massive tapes and then edit them from there. So you were doing the editing. You, you aren't the person moving the little figurines around so that you get a different shot no no okay. i was doing the editing i don't know i can just imagine doing that with a clay figurine or something but yeah maybe that's another calling for you right there well it gets into creativity which we're going to be talking about in, in yeah. a little bit with because now you have your own business called soul creative media in the beginning you you said something that really struck me and it was cultivating creativity is to create joy and um i'd like for you to expand on that because you said that you're now teaching creativity and what in the world does it mean to say you are teaching creativity and is this something that we all need creativity is innate to all of us as humans and it's something that we though at the same time we need to cultivate and put work into it and i believe our society has greatly undervalued creativity in personal life and in the workplace it's become so focused on the end product or the end result or how much money you're making from it or how beautiful it is and it's gotten away from the act of creating in and of itself and it is this act of creating that 
brings us into a flow state. In the flow state, which you probably heard of, is when you lose track of time, you lose sense of yourself, basically your thoughts quiet. Because I don't know, we have something like an insane amount of thoughts per day and per minute. And so it slows down your left brain where you're generating all these thoughts. And it allows you to enter this flow state where through repetition or repetitive actions, when you create like writing or playing an instrument or coloring, it could be gardening, something where you're allowing yourself to get into this state of creation, not only does it reduce thoughts, but it calms your entire central nervous system. Your heartbeat slows. You enhance left to right brain communication. You create new neuro pathways in your brain. And then this creates new thought patterns and generates ideas. And a big thing that it also does is the act of creating releases dopamine and serotonin into your brain. And then when we get this hit of dopamine and serotonin, we want more of that. And that in turn helps to create happiness when we keep creating and releasing those hormones into our body and our brain. And then we build confidence because when you actually allow yourself to create, it increases your confidence when your happiness goes up and you actually feel like you're creating something, your confidence goes up. And then in turn, you're creating new habits I mean, this is then cascading out to your life in so many different ways. Your relationships, you might interact with people differently. At work, you might be generating new ideas. And just with yourself and how you feel about yourself. And that's what really ultimately can can change your life. That's kind of my long-winded way of saying we all have the ability to create and how beneficial it is for us, but it means stepping away from, oh, I have to be this incredible painter, or I have to be able to play well enough to be in a band, or if I'm going to bake, it has to be this amazing cake that's perfect. It's that perfectionism that's actually control and that blocks creativity. Pure creativity is just us expressing ourselves and allowing ourselves to play in a creative way. And that's what really benefits us mentally, physically, and emotionally. Would you say that for people to allow them to realize they have time to be creative, that how society has developed into a connected world of social media and the internet, that people are forgetting that they have time to be creative? It's all a matter of how you use your time? Exactly. And so a book that I love is The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And I've actually taught Artist's Way groups or facilitated them. And I've read her book so many times. In one of her chapters, she gets into blocks, what blocks us from being creative. And saying that we don't have time is just a block. It's just a mental block. It's actually masking fear of being <clears throat> 
whenever we have certain blocks, like I'm too old or I don't have talent or I don't have the time, these are all blocks. Because think about what we make time for, like what you're saying. There's this addiction right now to being on our phones a lot. You might have your favorite show that you like to watch on TV. You certainly take the time to brush your teeth. You would never, although sometimes you might run out the door without brushing your teeth, but we make the time for things that are valuable or important for us. Mm -hmm. And I believe creativity is so important. It comes after oxygen, food, and water. The next in line for health is creativity. It's when we don't express ourselves in the creative way that we're meant to, it can cause depression, anxiety. It might not, we might not be on our true path that we want to be on work-wise or personally. I believe creativity is like lifeblood. It's that invaluable to us as humans. And the more that we step into it, the more I think our society will start to value it for what it is. So Lee, curious question for you. You said there are many, many ways to be creative. And, and I liked how you brought it down to being so basic of some things that we can do in life. So for example, you could have plants in your house and you said gardening. So plants in your house is a form of gardening. Or you even said baking a cake. So cake, make a muffins, anything like that. Very easy to do if you allow yourself the opportunity to, to do it. Can I ask another way? Is having like, let's say you're a card collector of baseball cards or stamps or coins. Is going through that and researching that creativity, is reading a book a form of creativity? Or is it like how you mentioned, it's something, you know, you're doing kind of out of the box that keep your your certain brain functions going, such as playing an instrument or um, some of the other things that you mentioned? It's a way of expressing yourself. And it's your unique way of mm. interpreting things or seeing things. So expressing yourself, I mean, maybe with a card collection, the way you organize your cards and organize them or present them or research can be creative in what you choose, what path you go to look into things. Certainly writing a paper or putting a research project together is creative in that you are editing it like a puzzle and putting it together. Pu doing puzzles are great for creativity. Journaling, knitting. A lot of people are kind of scared to sit down and sketch, but anything that's bringing your right side, your creative brain out and that what that's doing is it's quieting the left side which is our more analytical thought like oh I have to get this at the grocery store and then our left brain really takes us in the past and in the present kind of churning over what we need to do and then ruminating over what happened before and in that flow in that present tense we're in the here and now and that's when real creative thought can come forth. So for people who that might be kind of scared of drawing or sketching, those adult coloring books are great because your left brain is being occupied by your the motor skill of using your hands and picking up the marker or the colored pencil or whatever it is and doing that repetitive motion. 
and you feel safe doing that. So then your right brain can go on to, you know, decide what colors to choose. But then this is where the magic happens. These little aha moments come out like, oh, I have such a good idea that I want to do at work to solve this project. And it just kind of comes forth because you allowed yourself that creative play. And that's mm -hmm. why creative play is so important. So any kind of ex expression, it, it stops being creative when you're really kind of, when you're getting out of the present moment and you're going to the past or the future, that it's that play. And, and play is important. Like it allows us to, again, feel joy, releasing the hormones, but like something that you just enjoy doing for the sheer act of doing it. This is a question I like to ask. What would you allow yourself to do creatively if you gave yourself the time? So many people I've talked to have these things that they always wish they had done or they do, but they wish they had more time for like, oh, I've always wanted to play the flute. Or I always wanted to take an acting class. Or I always wanted to write a children's book. Or I would love to pick up the guitar. But it can be very simple things. Just the act of coloring in an adult coloring book. Or sitting down and letting yourself write five minutes a day. Just free associating writing. But there, like quilting is creative. Ceramics. Making jewelry. Numbers are creative. Lee, I... I'm very curious to know, how did you transition from being in the world of film? And it sounds like you were, you were, you were doing editing. Were you doing, but you were in the world of film. Right. Which I understand has a creative side to it because somebody's got to come up with the vision of what's going to be developed, produced, made. How did you transition from what your previous way to make income was to wanting to start a business called soul creative media where you are teaching people how to be creative and 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 then yeah so answer that and then i have another question for you okay so i used to work as a cinematographer and a editor on documentaries and web videos all kinds of video projects and sometimes it was cr creative and sometimes it was just kind of churning out work projects for a paycheck but editing is really creative and like it's a puzzle you're kind of piecing like writing a writer when they edit their article you're piecing what comes together when i was in graduate school it was so competitive and the teachers were so harsh i mean they would rip you apart if it wasn't saying what they thought you should be saying and I remember being younger thinking, God, this is so subjective. Who are they to just kind of destroy something that's in its infancy, the infancy that you're making? And I kind of at that time thought, you know, one day I want to give back. I want to teach how creativity is the value of it. And it, instead of squashing it, help it flourish. And because in school, it was so much about the end product. Well, what's your film? What's your photo essay? What is it? And at that time when I was in school, it was really about political statements and in the group that was in my graduate program. And I really didn't want to have anything to say politically at that time with my art or with my films. And so I realized that 
your creativity is like this little egg and it can be squashed so easily or it could like turn into a cake or, you know, become something else that's really beautiful. So it's that really kind of insecure moment when you're first delving into something. It's actually like so special. And that's when I, so when I was younger, I thought, you know, these teachers, they're just really not getting it. And I, that was my, you know, from my point of view. And I thought, I want to help people later and give people what I never got. And I would leave critiques crying, you know, just being so, uh, taking things personally. And then as I got into film, I stopped taking things so personally. It was just part of the process. Like if you have to make changes to something. And so I worked so long in the process of something not being anything and then putting it together as an editor into making a story. And so I thought, well, that's what people's creativity is. It might not seem like it's anything, but then as you like slowly allow it to morph and change, it becomes something. That's kind of a really long winded way to answer your question. I don't know if that made sense, but But the importance and the value in like just the sheer act of like making something, I just saw the value of that at a young age when when I wasn't given that opportunity. I think that's beautiful. And it's unfortunate that where you needed to make something creatively that there were professors there who would squash it because it didn't have their view versus it was coming from you. Oh, yeah. And I would get yelled at, like screamed at. I remember one time a professor was yelling at me like, what is wrong with you? Mm. And I was like, this is going a little like we're not saving lives here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This this is getting a little ridiculous. And then I worked for so many filmmakers, like started out as a production assistant and and doing different jobs where just God, the stress levels and the intensity and like treating someone meanly was like, okay because you were hip and cool and creative and i just realized all right there's another way Hmm. lee we have to take a quick break to get a word from one of our sponsors and then we're going to come right back teton county solid waste and recycling estimates that approximately 3,954 tons of food waste are disposed in the trash right here in teton county every year This makes food waste the next frontier material in the quest to achieve our county's goal to reduce waste and recycle more, which will help us aim for zero waste. For more information on Teton County Integrated Solid Waste and Recycling's Curb to Compost Commercial Food Waste Program, visit tetoncountywy.gov slash recycle and join today. Lee, welcome back. I'm so enjoying this conversation that we're talking about creativity. Not how, but what does it mean? Or I guess, how do you teach creativity to people? What what does that mean? Well, so first we might delve into looking at some mental blocks that you might have that's prohibiting you from creative play in some way. And it's bringing conscious intention to it. Like, for instance, earlier you talked about, I don't have the time. That's one of them. Uh, I don't have the ability. Uh, I'm too old. I'm just too busy. I I have a family. You know, there's so many different reasons. A fear of failure is a big one. A fear of success is another one. 
just plain old fear, just fear for fear itself. I mean, we get afraid of, of sometimes taking a risk and trying something new. And so we kind of do some writing exercises and replacing fear, fearful thoughts or blocks with another way of thinking about it. And then get into doing some experimental creative play and seeing how that feels. I like to bring in meditations and visualizations because I believe imagination and creative visualization is such a pure way to create. So again, in thinking of ways to be creative, just imagination in and of itself is very creative. That's our brain you know, thinking up a story or thinking of possibilities. So I bring in meditations and creative visualizations and then kind of see how people progress. And it's, it depends whether it's a short workshop or if it's one over weeks, you know, I can have more time with people to really kind of get into what their blocks are and to see what there are. And then at the end, it's kind of taking then taking it a next step further. Like what are some action steps now that I can take to bring this into my life. Maybe going out and like actually buying some supplies or, you know, whatever it might be. And when you are helping people find their their platform of what they're going to do for their creativity, their new activity, let's say, how do you help them understand that they're also creating a new habit that they just, you know, going to buy the stuff is important, but you got to actually do the painting or the drawing or the sketching, or play the guitar. You got to ensure that you have a new habit for something. And, and we discuss that. And that's something that comes when people get excited over something, because it's really hard to make yourself do something but when you start to feel the joy or you're excited or you start to feel inspired by something you're doing or thinking or feeling, then that's when you can create a new habit. So for instance, I had someone in one of my classes who thought she was completely devoid of creativity. And as we got into it, she started writing kind of little poems, but she didn't want to share them at all. And she didn't do it every day, just every once in a while, she started writing poems, but then she started getting really excited for how she felt after she finished the poem and mm -hmm. when she was writing it, she started to feel maybe it was a release of dopamine and serotonin. Maybe it was a feeling of peace, but what she was experiencing, it, it made her feel good. And she wanted to continue that feeling. So that's when she said, you know what? I want to make this a habit. I want to get up and write for five minutes or 30 minutes or whatever it was for her every morning and write a poem. And then she incorporated it into her life. But what created that habit was that feeling that she ex allowed herself to experience when she gave herself permission to write a poem. Mm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And now you're doing a podcast with the topic of creativity. So who are you going after? So it's called Soul Rise. I, even though I don't work in documentary film anymore, I just have this, just this inner need to tell stories. And so my podcast, I selfishly get to meet different people and get to bring out their stories. 
because it's what I love, love so much because talk about being creative. We all have our own story and we are actually creating our story as we live every day through the choices that we make. And so I was like, oh, doing a podcast, it's such a great way for me to continue to share stories. And then I edited them. And so what Soul Rise is about, it's about creativity in the sense that these are people that have overcome maybe an enormous obstacle or a trauma or difficulty or prejudice, and they've worked through it because creativity is about really tapping into who we are and expressing ourselves. And so they've worked through this and then they've gone on to live these amazing, inspirational lives. They might be some people who actually get back and teach others. So I guess I really want to inspire other people. The goal of this podcast is to inspire people to not only live in a creative way and not to be afraid of their creativity, but to go on to live, you know, their best lives. Or if even if it just means overcoming like a simple issue at work or some kind of challenge. I like it. It's kind of broad, but I really look for when I interview people who've overcome something and then they're in turn like sharing with others with their creative sensibility. Because at the end of the day, I see creativity as a way that we give back and serve others. We're actually sharing. I mean, you don't have to share your creativity it can become just your meditative time with yourself, but then a byproduct of it might turn into something that you want to share or give back or serve in some way. And it doesn't have to be a painting or a drawing. It could be a project to build new green homes in some inner city. You know, how, how do you want to give back? It could be a photo project that you've done in Cambodia you know, or just in your local hometown showing how people make certain foods. I mean, just anything. I love it. I mean, I guess that's maybe the joy that I get out of doing the podcast myself. Right. At the end of the day, I believe that we all want to serve others and the planet in some way. And how we serve is through our creative expression. Mm -hmm. And again, creativity that's such a misnomer that you have to be Picasso or a Mozart. It's creating a business, your business. That's how you're serving others. It's however you express yourself as an individual, that's your creativity. Hmm. I, I like how you said earlier in the show that creativity can release dopamine and serotonin. And a friend of mine, Jim, he takes cold showers and that's brutal because it releases dopamine and serotonin. Jim, I think I'd be rather find a way to be creative because that cold showers. <laughs> Maybe jump in the cold shower. I know I've been trying to do the cold showers myself and it's really hard. It's hard. But actually this morning I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do the cold shower this morning. I totally wussed out. But it's, yeah, it's, it's just another way to release the feel good hormones essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, so, so appreciate this lee now I, i'm after this i'm gonna look up the book the artist way i'm very interested to add that to my list of of reading material by julia cameron and i'd love for you to share with people if they want to connect with you and, and reach out what is the best way 
for them to do that, Lee? The best way to reach me, go to soulcreativemedia.com and you can email me from there. Okay. That sounds, that sounds fair. Yeah. Sounds fair. You're doing so much. You're doing so much. And I'm curious, how many different methods or ways for you to express your creativity do you have? And and do you want to share any of those? Well, I'll I'll share, you know, we're talking about releasing the feel-good hormones. I noticed, and I don't know why it took me this long to figure out, I noticed about five years ago or approximately that when I don't create, I'm actually depressed. Mm. And I start to feel it. So the longest, and it's natural to have kind of incubation periods in between creating where you're kind of like, you need kind of a rest. But if I let it go too long, I get mentally depressed. And so then I need an outlet. It's just, I kind of realized for myself, I have to have some sort of outlet. And that gave me, again, that got me into thinking, wow, I bet everybody needs this. And a lot of times you're just not aware of it because you're just kind of in your schedule and going along with your routine. But for me, how I express myself, I've started turning into writing. I love to write. And so I've been talking about a habit, getting myself in the habit of writing in the mornings early before my daughter gets up. And it just kind of sets me on my day. I just feel so much better. I'm also re-cutting down a film, a documentary I finished years ago called A Noble Pursuit about land that was saved in the Wyoming range by this community in our valley. I'm cutting down a 30-minute version for Wyoming PBS, and I'm working on that now. So I'm putting my creativity into that. And other ways, I love love, love imagining things and using creative visualization. And I used to do this a lot as a kid and I would be so excited. You know how kids hate long car rides, but -hmm. I would use it as, oh, this is my time to let my imagination just go. And I did a lot of that as a kid. And then growing up, you have obligations and I just got away from it. And now I've gotten back to it again. Oh, I'm giving myself permission again to get lost in my imagination. Like think about when you're a kid, did you ever just lay under a tree or look up at the clouds and you just kind of let your imagination go? That's what as adults, I think to have that release is really beneficial. And again, it brings a lot of different ideas, but I let myself imagine again. And that in turn fuels my writing and story ideas. It's beautiful. So you don't have to always have your head out of the clouds. No. Yeah. No, if anything, <laughs> we need to put our head in the clouds. That's right. Yes. I mean, yeah. I just think about with my kids. I mean, they build something with Legos and they're like, look at this. I'm like, well, what is it? They're like, don't you know? I'm like, you tell me what you made. Right. And I'm like, oh, wow, that is so cool. Well, Legos, like, I guess Legos, someone was telling me recently, like Legos, the company, they have this actual program or not program, this project where they're helping to instill creativity in adults by doing these different building games with adults and Legos. I, I don't know. I need to look into that. But having kids, I mean, that's what's so great about looking at kids. They're not thinking about, oh, what if I'm going to be so upset if my Lego ship doesn't look good. You know, they're not even thinking about that. They don't care about that. They're just like so into the moment 
in the mm -hmm. flow of building whatever Lego thing they're making. And that's where it's kind of getting back to being a kid again, just allowing yourself that play. Yeah. Say that again. I want people to hear that again. Allowing ourselves to have creative play like a child mm -hmm. is going to enhance new creative thought, mental wellness, health, and joy. And that's what that's why we're here is to live with joy. That's why we're here. So true. Lee, this has been beautiful. I'm very grateful for you taking the time and sharing your journey and your experiences and your ideas with with me and everybody listening in today about being creative. Cultivate creativity to create joy. Yeah. Thanks, Stefan. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I wish you all the best with your podcast and with your teachings and, and all of your work. Oh, thanks. And and have fun playing with your kids. Yeah, you too. Have fun <laughs> playing with your daughter. Lee, thank you so much. You have a great day. I appreciate yeah. your time. To learn more about Lee Reagan Smith and Soul Creative Media, visit the JacksonHoleConnection.com episode number 217. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Gobble, gobble your vegetarian carrot carrots or turnip turnip. Thank you, everybody, who helps keep this podcast going on the air. My editor and marketing director, Michael Morey, my wife, Laura, my boys, Lewis and William. I love you, boys. Love you, Laura. I'm very grateful for all of you in my lives. I appreciate you sharing your time with me today. Cheers till next week when I see you right back here for another episode of The Jackson Hole Connection.